Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Today, coming to you from Alternative Compassion Services, a medical marijuana dispensary here in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I'm joined at the table today with Chris Liska. He is the production manager here, and basically, he is the guru. He is the guy that grows the stuff, makes the stuff, puts it all together, and understands what happens when it goes into your body. Gotcha. The entourage effect allows more of the active ingredients, more of what we're trying to get at, to get into the brain, gotcha. um, to get into the bloodstream and into your brain, and gotcha. you're able to uh, feel the effects of it. Gotcha. Um, it. It creates a better psychoactive, a more intense psychoactive experience. Exactly. Hence the reason why I learned how to dab at the Freedom Rally, and I was introduced to um, wax, rosin, and shatter. Right. Now... I saw it on menus at some of the medical dispensaries that I've visited, and I had no idea. I mean, okay, it's it looks really condensed and gooey, and there's this, what, how, yeah, I don't have no idea how right. to use, do I roll it in a joint, do I put it in a bong, do I put it in a pipe? I mean... And it, and it, it actually could, it would depend on the type of concentrate you're using. Right. So with concentrates, there's a couple different things to take into consideration. Okay, now, hang on a second. Concentrates mm -hmm. are the liquid oils that come in a cartridge or is it other is that just one type of concentrate technically concentrates are really any concentrated cannabis oil okay so in this case and the way and so there's the a way i'm referring gotcha. to concentrates in this in this um instance, discussion yeah, yeah yeah is just any concentrated product gotcha so you you have multiple ways to concentrate a product okay um most of the time not all people don't use this designation, but concentrates generally refer to something that's been extracted with a solvent. Okay. Uh, whether it's CO2, uh, ethanol, butane, propane, entane, okay. all kinds of different tanes. Right. Because um, they were using a butane um, torch to, to fire up the bowl to, right. to get it to activate, you know, at 1,000 degrees, cool it down to 500, and then you... Yeah, what happens with dabbing is you're heating it up to the surface of it gets to, let's say, 500 degrees, and then you're dropping a maybe room-temperature dab on top of there. And you're relying on something called the Leidenfrost effect. And what it is is when you drop that, that concentrate onto that hot nail, it creates a tiny vapor barrier, and that's why it doesn't burn. So it actually, when they meet, the temperature, you're probably vaporizing it closer to like 380, 390 degrees as opposed to 500 degrees. Gotcha. Um, and does that make a difference in the effect of the product? Yes. Ah. And that's where your temperature can have an impact on how many cannabinoids you receive at once. It also affects what terpenes are volatizing at that temperature, what you're getting. Yeah. Um, so if you increase your temperature, you're going to get higher boiling terpenes in in cannabinoids, for instance, you'll maybe, you're going to get more CBD boils at a slightly higher temperature than THC, not much. Yeah. And then CBN is a little bit higher, CBC. So there's other cannabinoids that will burn off at a higher temp. So in order to get those, you have to achieve a slightly higher temperature in order to do that. Yeah. It's become so complicated. It really has. That you, you can't just, yes, you can, go to a dispensary and get your flour, like the old days, this is not a plant, by the way. This is a fake plant, <laughs> just for the record. And you can grind it up. And, you know, we used to use magazine covers or album covers to clean yep. <laughs> out the stems and the seeds, right? And then you can roll it up or put it in a pipe. But these days, it sounds like you do need, like, a chemistry degree to just go into a, a dispensary and get the right product. 
I think that um, as education is becoming better and more and more dispensaries have people that are able to explain these differences, people mm -hmm. are becoming more educated and they're able to use these products more effectively. Um, and with the concentrated products like that, um, you have you have a lot of things that they have going for them. They're convenient. Yeah. Um, you don't need as much. Right. So you don't have you're not combusting a lot of material. You're not breathing in a lot of smoke. Yeah. You're also vaporizing if right. you're not doing it at a high temperature. It's right. not combustion. Gotcha. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to consume cannabis, and I think that's the exciting thing is that if you have a condition, there's a way that it can help you. If you can't smoke it, there's another way you can take it. You can use it topically. Right. Um, if you have a condition that a topical is not going to work for you, you can still use it topically transdermally. Gotcha. So there's there's multiple ways that, that and they, they're putting them in capsules now too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember that from a couple of years ago when I first had it. Um, we're talking with Chris Liska here from Alternative Compassion Services down in Bridgewater, a medical marijuana dispensary. Um, Chris, can you explain, we just kind of touched on it, the different ways to ingest the products has a different effect on everybody's body, whether you vape it, smoke it, eat it, or take a pill. Absolutely. Can you, what does the body do with it, and you know, why does it change how the brain reacts to it? How's that for a question? Well, um, actually, I can, I can give you an answer for okay, that. Okay, good. Um, with how the brain reacts to it, there's a couple different variables that could mm -hmm. affect that. Mm -hmm. um, metabolism is one. Mm -hmm. um, if it's inedible, if it's something they eat, did they eat it on an empty stomach? Mm. Um, how much water did you drink that day? Mm. There's a lot of what did you eat, how mm. much, you know. So there's a lot of variables in, like, how fast something can get into your system. Um, there's also the difference between, let's say, vaping or using something sublingually. Yep. So let's say I take a tincture and I use it sublingually. Yeah. I put it in my mouth under my tongue. It absorbs to the mucous membranes. It yeah. gets into my bloodstream. Yep. I'm ingesting delta-9 THC in that case, delta which is what people normally would have. Okay. THC, whether you're smoking it in a flower form or dabbing it okay. or, or whatever the case may be. If you're eating it, you eat it. It goes into, you goes into your stomach. You digest it. And then your liver converts it to 11-hydroxy-THC which is a completely different compound. It's much stronger than Delta-9 THC gotcha. and has a different effect. Right. So that's one of the reasons why when people sometimes eat edibles, they have to wait until they know that they've digested the food in order to make sure that it's gotten in their bloodstream and they're actually... Right, and that can take an hour. It can take an exactly. hour and a half. It depends on the metabolism of the person. Exactly. And that's where people get in trouble with edibles. And right. you know, a lot of first-timers or, or even old-school guys have had edibles, and we all have edible stories. Uh, absolutely. And it's not a fun experience when you take too much. However, the most... Tell it, you take too much. How do you deal with that? Because we all know there's never been a death by overdose right. in cannabis. You can't say that about alcohol, but you can say it about cannabis, and most people do in the business. So let's pretend that I took too much of an edible, mm -hmm. the room is spinning, and I'm really nauseous, and I'm fighting off my nausea. How do I handle that? There's a, there's a couple things that you can ingest that will help. Yep. One is black pepper. Now, a lot of people, I've heard this, mm -hmm. call that a, a fairy tale. It's beta carophylline um, that's present in black, pe black pepper. Gotcha. And to say that just crunching on some black peppercorns yeah. and you're going to feel all better, yeah. it's like saying they eat some mold and it's like treating something with penicillin. Gotcha. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. Okay. Um, but I'm actually working on a preparation right now that's using nanoparticles. 
Okay. Um, and nanoparticles are less than one nanometer, which means they can go right through cells and in directly into your bloodstream, okay. no matter where they are, whether yeah. they're on the surface of your skin, whether you drink them, oh, okay. whatever. So one of the things that we're working on is a preparation of nanoparticulates that are beta-carophylline and CBD for exactly that instance. You take too much, you're feeling, you, you feel overwhelmed, the room might be spinning, you get yeah. nauseous. You right. Can, yeah, exactly. It was not things. a pleasant experience, right. okay? Um, so taking this, normally, you'd have to wait for to digest it to get yeah. into your bloodstream. And then it might take an hour or more before you start to feel any relief from it. Right. With a product like this, you can ingest it. As soon as it's in your mouth, it's absorbing through your mucous membranes into your bloodstream. When gotcha. it's in your throat, it's doing the same. Your esophagus, it gets in your stomach, it's absorbing. By the time it hits your intestines, it's all in your bloodstream. Gotcha. You're, there's virtually no digestion involved. And that will calm you down. That. Right. Because what's happening is you have too much endocannabinoid system activation, like right. we were talking about right. before. Right. You have too much endocannabinoid agonist activity okay. on your, your endocannabinoid system. Yep. So more or less what needs to happen is you need to stop that signaling. Yep. Okay. Um, Beta-carophylline is known to do that. CBD is known to do that. And that's more or less what you're trying to do. Yeah. So when I learned, when I busted my cherry at the Freedom Rally and learned how to dab. Yeah. Um, one of the things they wanted me to do was drink water and take a 50 milligram CBD chocolate. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I didn't take it right away. Whatever. I managed to get through it. And, but is how many milligrams of CBD or is it drops of oil or how do you tell how much CBD you need to put into your system to counter... Oh the overdoing it in the edible world? That's a good question. And of course, um, it's going it, to, by the way, there's not a simple answer because everybody's different. I right, get that. Right, And that's why that's such a good question is because yeah. there, that's actually something that we're working on, we're going to do a lot of internal testing on yep. is to try to determine that threshold. And I, I have a feeling that threshold is different for everyone. Right, Some sure. people are going to require more CBD than right. other people. Right, um, Peer-reviewed studies where CBD is treated um, Dravet syndrome and other types of seizure disorders, yep. they find that a certain number of milligrams per kilogram of body weight is what the effective dosage was. And it's usually relatively high, mm -hmm. like three, four, 400 milligrams or more mm -hmm. um, per dose. So when people are taking 10 milligrams of CBD, you're really looking at a microdose. Right. It's going to help your overall health right. ongoing, but it's not going to treat an acute condition. It's not going to help you with that unless right. you have a higher dosage of it. Gotcha. I got you. And, and it could be 50 milligrams. It could be 100 milligrams. Right, right. It could be as much as 1,000 milligrams. Exactly. exactly. And, and unfortunately, we just don't know. And you won't know until you try it on yourself. Right. And the good news is drink lots of water. Right. And just keep telling yourself, I'm going to get through this. Right. And with CBD, if you're... Because a lot of people have panic attacks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're ingesting pure CBD and you're not... Or it's got very little amounts of, of THC in it. Yeah. The interesting thing about CBD is it's biphasic, which means that in, in one dosage, at a lower dosage, it's actually alerting. Yeah. Um, it wakes you up. It has, like, it helps you focus. Ah. At higher doses, it makes you tired. Yeah. So if you take, let's say, 1,000 milligrams, it's probably going to knock you out like NyQuil. Right. But if you take 50 milligrams, you might feel like you just had a cup of coffee. And that's where, you know, I mean, that's the extreme, but that right. gives you kind of a, an idea. That gives exactly, you an example exactly. of, all right, I get you. You've mentioned topicals. Yes. Um, I have been told by doctors, scientists, that there's no scientific proof that anything that you rub on your skin um, as a topical can be absorbed enough to make a difference in the inflammation 
of that particular joint or wherever you are rubbing that. Uh, do you concur? And as I said to the doctor, if it's a placebo effect and I rub it on and the pain goes away, who cares if scientifically it works, right? Because right? when right. you're in pain, you want relief. Right. And you'll care if it's I, a placebo. But the, the interesting thing is... Tell me, tell me what you feel I about these to, topics. I would tend to agree. Okay. Um, and the reason I would agree is I think there's two things that happen when you use a topical. Mm -hmm. One is as you rub the topical into the area, you're increasing the blood flow to mm -hmm. that area, which certainly helps in healing and it's going to help, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's happening with a topical is when you put that topical on, They've done a lot of studies recently to find out what helps different compounds penetrate the skin. Mm -hmm. um, where I got most of my research on was looking at like lidocaine patches, looking at um, fentanyl patches, mm -hmm. looking at different types of patches where they're using a transdermal bed right. to deliver a drug I've had, substance. I've used a transdermal patch. Right. So basically that's what's happening with topicals. Gotcha. You have a transdermal application of cannabinoids. It's not so much that I think they're penetrating to that area and causing you know, it to help. I think it has more to do with the fact they're getting into your bloodstream in the small dosage, and that small dosage of cannabinoids is helping you to reduce inflammation. Gotcha. Um, but I also think that if you're using something like, let's say, something that's high in nerolidol, which is a terpene that's being tested on transdermal patches now, yeah. we happen to have some strains that are really high in it, so we've been isolating it to do some experimentation. Okay. Um, when it comes to stuff like that, you can do a little bit more of like muscle rubs. Right. And I feel that they penetrate the muscle better because of that. Right. Um, and that's exactly what I found using some of the topicals that have been dispensed at various medical dispensaries and then going to CVS and getting Icy Hot or a, um, right. one of the patches and it you know, makes it feel warm and you know, it works for about an hour. Right. Right. It makes you feel I better. We are finding that there, there's recent studies to show that one of the ways that THC um, works and I believe CBD too, is through the TRPV receptors in the skin, which are the same receptors that respond to capsaicin. So you're starting to see a lot of topicals now that have capsaicin in them, that's why. Gotcha. Um, so a possible preparation for cannabis would be to combine capsaicin with THC. Um, and and you're not gonna get high no. from a topical. No. No matter how much THC is in it. Correct? No, no. I mean, you. It, right. Maybe it's if you not had a patch you... that took your entire back up or right, something. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that would but, but even that. You, you, it would be just, very difficult right, to do something like right. that. Yeah, it, it's a time release, um, you know, extended release type product. Gotcha. Um, you keep bringing up research. Mm -hmm. And we all know in the United States it's still a Schedule One drug. And that has retarded the scientific research in this country, I believe it's the University of Mississippi is the only place that you, and by the way, I haven't quite figured out why there, you know? Right. So Chris Liska is a production manager here at Alternative Compassion Services. I wanna thank him for sitting in and giving me a chemistry lesson, not to mention any lesson on the medical benefits of cannabis. So for Chris, I'm Jimmy Young. Thanks for watching In The Weeds.